Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, 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 everyone, and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, and we are coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. We're so excited. We're doing Breaking the News, Episode 11. It has been since January since we have done a Breaking the News, and the main reason is because with this effing pandemic going on, you know, Ralph and I tried to just do shows that were not political not about the the gloom and doom of, of what's happening, but we wanted to stay positive. But now that we are less than 40 days to the election, I wanted to be able to do one show this month and one show next month, strictly talking politics. And there's no one better than bringing back our amazing co-host from our political shows, Erica Renee Davis, who's going to be joining us along with my trusted co-host, Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. And at this time, let me say hello to both of you guys. Hello. How are you? Hi. How is everybody doing? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, Jasper, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, Ralph. How are you? I am excellent. Erica, are you there? Um, I see where Erica should be here, but she's not. I can't hear her either. Because what I wanted to start with to set the tone for you guys, it doesn't matter what those morons say. Our nation's leaders are a feeble crew. Okay. <laughs> well, Ralph, it's always good to hear you singing any chance we can get. Well, no, thank you, because I know the show is going to take a more devastating turn because times are devastating now. But I wanted to set that stage. That's a lyric from Vita, the musical, and talking about their horrible uh, leadership in government. So it, it, it's paralleling what we're going through right this very second. Well, I know. And that's what, you know, we're going to talk about today. It's like we never thought, I don't think, well, I think a lot of us were worried that we would be at this point, you know, um, as most of you know, Trump announced very proudly on, you know, on camera, basically yesterday that uh, he's not sure he's going to be accepting. Is is that Erica? I, I, is it me? Am I here? Can oh. you hear me? There you are. Hi, my dear. Welcome, welcome to the show. We, you know what? I want to. I want to one up Ralph. I want to say, don't cry for me, Argentina. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. That's right. Oh, Erica, darling, how are you? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, I am doing well, too. Thank you for having me, because you are the political savvy one. You are chocolate loveliness, um, eating lots of fried food when you go home to spend time. Okay? Lord, <laughs> don't tell the people about my eating habits in Georgia. Thank you. Well, okay. listen, er- Erica was just, er- Erica was home. She got to spend almost, what, a month 
back in Georgia? Almost a month back in Georgia. No, it was it was a month. It was a full month, and I was listening to you guys kick off the political um, commentary, and I think that being home in Georgia was a, a needed change, but an mm-hmm. eye-opening change as well because sometimes, particularly, we can be trapped in our little blue bubble, and we forget yes. that there is an entire world outside of Southern California that doesn't think or eat or um, <laughs> vote like we do so it was um it was interesting well tell everyone i i mean i kind of know but tell everyone about how when you got back to your hometown all of the the trump signs and the maga hats and stuff that you you really said you felt like you're in a parallel universe yeah i i felt like i was in a parallel universe and i have to preface this by saying guys i'm i grew up there so I shouldn't be as shocked because this is my hometown, but after having been away so long, I just think I forget. So it's always a culture shock when I spend that much time there. Um, my hometown, South Georgia, about 25, 30 minutes from the, southern, from the Florida border, is Trump country. And Waycross, South Georgia, has always been Republican country, but to see it go from um, Republican, conservative, quote-unquote, good morals, good values country to Trump cult country is a complete mm-hmm. um it's, it's a shift like that like the people that i grew the, the people who were republicans that i grew up with prided themselves on being church going good morally sound ethical people you i don't think at this state in the game can be a trump follower and still say that you support those who are morally sound so MAGA hats everywhere, Trump signs, Trump face masks, surprisingly, on the plane. <laughs> oh, um, my God. That's so yeah, scary. It's, it's and you, have you guys seen that commercial for Trumpy Bear for 1999? No. It's a fucking bear. I've seen it. Oh no! And with that orange hair, with like whatever that you're using for hair, oh, and you can comb it anywhere. And then they have people like Pence look alike <laughs> saying things like, "He helped me make my golf game great again." Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Well, I mean, it's it, you know, Erica. When we did our last show on politics in January, I went back and listened to some of it just to sort of see. It's amazing how, you know, politically we were as scared and you know, blown away in January as we, as we could be not, not having a clue what was heading to our way in less than two months when the, the pandemic. And I guess I'd start with just saying, you know, what is your take? I mean, are are you, is it still just unbelievable to you that Trump will not accept? Well, first of all, let me just say, no, we're not surprised by anything he does. But I guess what we're, I'm saying is we're, I'm surprised that anybody can support him after just seeing the way he's handled the pandemic to start with. Uh, you know, I used to struggle with that, too. At one, at one point, I struggled with how can you, you know, vote for support a man who clearly is prides himself on grabbing women by the pussies and all these sexual assault charges. And then it went from that to how can you support a man who you knew hid the truth about the like the the seriousness and the severity of COVID. But I was mm-hmm. talking to one of my good friends yesterday, and it just dawned on me again, as it has over the past few months, it's not, it's not about Christianity. It's not about nope. religion. It's not about COVID. All of this is rooted in 
holding on to white supremacy and making sure that everyone who doesn't look like they want us to look knows their place. So yeah. he can do or say whatever, or he doesn't have to do, he doesn't have to do anything. People who want to hold on have made up their mind, and they're riding with him because he is the gatekeeper of that ideology. Well, and exactly, and the the weirdest thing is now he has he has Bill Barr. See, he has Lockstock and yes. Step. He has the Attorney General, who is. I, by the way, I started listening to Michael Cohen's book. You know, his former attorney, and it's fascinating because you know before years back he had Roy Cohn who was his uh, Ray Donovan. And for those of you who don't know, Roy Cohn represented Fred Trump when he, when he sued the U.S. Justice Department because they were charged with discrimination in, in the housing department. So, it, you know, jump forward to all these years. Part of the reason Trump has, has tried to dismantle the Justice Department is this longstanding vendetta going back to trying to, you know, uh, avenge his father back in the 70s. Right. So, you know, he always had Roy Cohn and then he had Michael Cohen and Michael Cohen was saying he watches Trump now from pr- when he was in jail and he, he sees the facial tics and the, the cornered look in the eyes because he doesn't have the Michael Cohen. When he got to Washington, he didn't have that, that Ray Donovan, but he's been able to have now William Barr, Mike Pompeo and uh, mm-hmm. you know Jared Kushner kind of be his his and it's interesting because he said Trump Trump doesn't need attorneys when things are right he needs that attorney that can always find the loopholes and can always yep. find and this this latest statement that he's now told us that he's not sure he's going to honor the election results jump to of course. Bill Barr, they're all now trying to find these these loopholes, right, in these in these yeah. election laws, which is scary. It, it it amazes me though, Jasper and Ralph. Like it it amazes me that so many elected officials will agree to have their legacies forever marred by walking in lockstep with someone as treacherous as Trump. I don't understand how you. I mean, I know I know they're drunk with power. I mean, that's really the simple mm-hmm. answer. But what about you know your your the, your your grandchildren and and their children? History is not going to be kind to these people. Do you no. not care about the reputation that will precede any generations after you and your family? Is that not something that they think about? Like, don't you want to leave a lasting legacy that is one that you can be proud of? Clearly not, Erica. They are living for the moment, and they are not even providing for the future of their family. That's nope. the thing about all of this, not to, <clears throat> to undermine anything that is going on. We are living in a joke world, and everything mm-hmm. as prolific as you are, Erica, and you too, Jasper, it's, it all becomes foldable when the person that we're talking about says, I'm not going to honor the election. Yes, we're all still going to vote. We are going mm-hmm. to hear General Lewis talk about we're all going to go and do that. But if it doesn't mean anything, that's what's scary. And that's yeah. what I well, always said to Jasper. Go on. No, no, I'm sorry, Ralph. What, what, what's scary is, though, that he's been – 
he's been enabled this whole time by by Republicans. Now, the thing I was I don't know if you guys saw today, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, some prominent Republicans have come forward and said uh, the election results will be honored. They don't say Trump's name, but they've at least come forward and said, yes, we will. There will be a a peaceful transfer of power. So, you know, I mean, we've it, 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 the, the, the hypocrisy of the whole thing is Trump is somehow believing that if he gets this uh, conservative uh, Supreme Court justice on, you know, it kills me. He thinks that the Supreme Court would side with him anyway. And I don't believe the Supreme Court is going to give him the time of day, to be honest with you. I I don't know. I I've struggled with that. And, Ralph, I don't know if you have as well about whether or not his justice, once if they push someone through before the election, would be a part of the the um, the the stint or the majority that said, okay, you know, Trump, you this is your election. I I don't know like the 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 treachery and the deviance like run so deep, so Jasper, I don't have that faith. I I really don't. Like it's a well, very right leaning court. Well, now. I, I I think what's important though is like. If everyone realizes if we can if we can turn out the vote, first of all, if the results are not even close, then the Supreme Court True. is not going to be need, needed. But uh, but the, the you know, Trump is under this impression that he's going to automatically look like he's winning on election night because he's thinking that more people going to the polls are going to help him. And that he's he's just going to kind of what he's going to do is going to say, OK, that's it. I've won. No need to count the rest of the votes. It's like, you know, you're watching a baseball game and like you're ahead and all of a sudden in the fifth inning, you just call the game because you're winning. And he wants to invalidate all the ballots. But see, I've always had this feeling that a lot of the people that have had to support him, they've had to support him because their constituents support him. So they've been wanting a reason to turn against him. And I I do think that once he's actually lost the election, they have a very valid reason to turn, because at that point, they have no reason to support him because he's going out the door and he's going to go in handcuffs, hopefully to prison. Um, But having said that, that's why he's going to cheat and do anything he can to stay in office, because he's looking at all these possible uh, indictments in the state New York, you know, state courts that any kind of a pardon is not going to help him. So, well, and speaking, speaking of voting, um, last week when early voting started in Minnesota, I want to say also in Virginia, the lines were wrapped around buildings in some of these um, precincts where early voting mm-hmm. started. And that gave me so much hope because I don't, I mean, obviously Trump's base is energized. They've been energized for four years, but to me, that looked like, the, the energetic, you know, flame mm-hmm. from people who are sick of the shit. And I right. was like, the fact that early voting lines are already this heavy the first day in places like Minnesota, that made me a little bit more optimistic. Well, and also they had, a, on, you know, after his uh, debacle announcing that he was not going to maybe honor the results, a lot of people today were rushing out in those same places to vote. They interviewed some women. Three of them had voted for Trump last time, and they all said, oh, no, no. After I heard him say that last night, I said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I think this may be the line in the sand for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, enough already with your bullshit. 
I mean, if you know, and one guy who still supports Trump, they interviewed in Michigan, they were they did um, early voting. And he said, I, you know, I came out here today. I don't think he's going to uh, follow through on this. He said, you know, and this is an interesting point. He said, I think he's saying all this right now to pull focus off of the pandemic. And I was like, hmm, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, he's always a master of like deflection. So. Think yeah. about it. Think about it, guys. I mean, since I mean, he got this this announcement last night has been everything today. You know, we're not hearing much yeah. about the pandemic or even Breonna Taylor. You know, we, we it, for one day today, everything has been about what Trump said last night. Well, and, you and see, and Erica, it's go oh, on. No, go ahead. There you go. Well, I, I was going to make a little bit of a sidebar because, I, I mean, as the, the woman here today, I want to, you know, talk about really quickly, like the Supreme Court, just and yes. if he gets the Supreme Court person that he or judge that he wants to get nominated and how that could possibly affect Roe v. Wade. And this sidebar mm-hmm. is just that this. I grew up with a lot of, quote, unquote, diehard conservative Christian girls who were running to get abortion. Abortion. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really interesting or not even interesting, it's very hypocritical that conservatives want to hang their hats and stand on this pedestal of moral superiority when it's your daughters who are going to get these abortions, because I know them, you know? I, I do too, up- Erica. I, I unfortunately, yeah. I, I mean, I, I drove people to the abortion clinics in Georgia. <laughs> Jasper is like, I know I was the, too. I had I the abortion the shuttle. Abortions. <laughs> but 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 Erica, to your point, to your point, a lot of the a lot of the pundits are saying that that right there, the the white suburban women that he's already been losing, apparently that this whole thing is not going to help him. To your point, they're closeted. You're right. They may be saying they're pro life, but I think this is an issue that's going to turn them even further away from him because they understand that. It's going to mean their daughters, their whorish teenage daughters like they were, are going to be having to cross state lines and risk their lives getting abortions as well. So, Right. So it's a little bit of the hypocrisy. Can we talk about the hypocrisy of Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. who are on camera, on tape, four years ago, blatantly? I mean, Lindsey Graham says, you can use my words against me. You know, back when Neil, Gore, back with the Obama was trying to make his appointment and they wouldn't let him. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, the hypocrisy, guys, is just it's just laughable. Like, I can't even it's not even a Saturday Night Live sketch anymore. <laughs> right. Ra- Ra- Ralph, you want to chime in on that one? Oh, <clears throat> the thing, Erica, I am binary and pragmatic. And what you said at the beginning of all this, and this is, I preface it by saying I'm not dismissing what we are talking about and what we're going to talk about, but it's all about maintaining white supremacy. And because that is such a strong foothold in our society, all this other stuff is kind of folder all. You know, it's like, and the question I did want to ask, Jasper, is, when we make the statement like, well, when the results are in and he loses, who has determined those results? Mm. Well, well, you know, there's going to be there's going to be the instant poll results that where people go and vote with the machines. But then the, mm-hmm. all the mail in and the absentee ballots that, that could take a few weeks after 
Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna mm-hmm. we're we're not gonna know the official, but we're gonna have an idea. So if 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 it looks like Biden is if Biden is winning on election night, you can trust and believe he's winning more um, yep. on the mail-in votes because Trump's biggest yep. base they they don't tend to do absentee or mail-in ba- ballots. So, but you so know, we can, I see what yeah. you're saying. No, mm-hmm. that's a, no. Thank you for that. No, that makes me feel better because I was like, how, because you, when Erica was talking to, it's like, but how do we trust anything? How do we trust any information that we're being given? And I want to thank you, Erica, for including me in this, just in this part of the discussion. When you said, how, Ralph, would you like to chime in on that? I guess at the risk of sounding jaded, I feel so. I I feel just incredulous that mm. we have to live like this because when mm-hmm. I was growing up and we were voting for officers, president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, yes, there were posters made like Erica Davis is not the one Ralph is. Let's go. You know, it was friendly <laughs> meanness, but mm-hmm. in our daily life now trying to teach our children and just teach ourselves, none of that matters. Loyalty mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The rules don't matter. And we see that with the police force, which leads us mm. to Brianna. You know, it's just like there's so well, many. The, aspects the, the, Brianna, the Brianna thing today is, I, you know, guys, honestly, it's like school shootings. And I, I'm not trying to be negative. But after the Brianna Taylor, no, no real indictments. I, if we're, I mean, look, if if we're in the middle of the George Floyd and everything we've been going through with the riots and the Black Lives Matter and and an African American Republican attorney general in Kentucky. Yep. He is a Republican. He spoke at the RNC convention. So it is so blatantly political that mm-hmm. we that okay, how do you settle for twelve million dollars in a civil case with a family and yet the officers who shot and killed her are not indicted for her murder. Exactly. I mean, the whole grand jury, I don't know if people understand it. You know, a grand jury, the prosecutors present what they want to present. What so exactly. it's a one-sided trial, basically. And my yep. whole thing is, why do we even go to a grand jury? Just take this to trial. Like you, The whole reason he went to a grand jury is he knew that it would come out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And, and and with the grand jury, they can they can more strategically hold back what the actual grand what kind of facts quote unquote facts were presented. Right. So it it's just it just keeps it cyclically um, nasty. Basically, it, it keeps mm-hmm. the whole cycle dirty. Um, and I I I want to say um, I always feel super angry and hopeless when this happens to a black person, especially a black woman, whether it's Breonna Taylor or Sandra Bland. But about two weeks ago, I was finishing my run, and I live in the Miracle Mile area. Everyone out there listening in Los Angeles, it's uh, generally, that's a nice area. Um, but nice area or not, it, this shouldn't even matter. So I hate that I even have to preface it to, by saying that. But I was finishing my run, and I was finishing in the Beverly Hills area. area. So I was walking. 
I watched a police officer, as I was walking south, I, was, I watched a police officer go through the intersection. They were heading west. So I was going south. They were heading west, about three blocks south of me. And they, they looked to the right, and they slowed down as they saw me go, as they were going through the intersection. Again, I'm literally, guys, they bust a U-turn and came uh-huh. back north to pass me. This was two weeks ago. Y'all, mm. when I tell you, I barely could sleep that night. Because in my mind, when I saw them slow through that intersection, I knew what was about to happen. I'm 5'5", five, five, you know, 130 pounds maybe. It was 10.20 in the morning. There was no reason for an officer to make a U-turn in the middle of the street, in the middle of the morning, to treat me like I was a suspect. So when I knew that's what they were going to do, even before they made a U-turn, guys, I took, a, I took my phone out of my holster that I keep on my arm, and I, and I pressed video. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. That is mm. my reality as a black woman in America. And I, and I don't even look what people would say scary. And that is my reality. So when Breonna Taylor gets killed and the officers don't get indicted, I'm not surprised. And when Philando Castile gets killed in his car, even though he had the right to carry his gun, I'm not surprised. I'm always sad, but I'm not surprised. And I will say it to I'm blacker in the face. I cannot expect for a country that was built on the fact that my life does not have any value to 400 years later, all of a sudden value me. It just, mm-hmm. just, we weren't built for that. No. And right. like I said, it's just the fact that with all that we've been through in the last eight months with, with, with the black lives matter, with the rioting, with the protests, you know, all of that with George Floyd, we, I mean, the fact that we wake up yesterday and we get this news, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, really? I mean, it, I mean, even look, I mean, I feel like I feel like the the attorney general. It, 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 it's not because he's African American that he should be expected to do anything one way or the other, but it all it just seems so blatantly political. I don't even know how he could. It, what I'm saying is they don't even try to hide it anymore, right? Like you don't even have to yeah. hide it. And I don't know if he think, well, I don't know if because he's black somehow that makes the 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 white officers feel better. You know what I mean? Like, well, look, the attorney general is black. If he if he wanted to uh, press charges, he could have. And it's like, no, but that's part of the problem. That's yeah, the I just hate- yeah. I want to reflect, comment on what Erica was saying about this police incident, which is so disturbing to me because I know the Miracle Mile because I used to teach at Meridian Sports Club, Erica, which is Curson and Wilshire. It's there, the Equinox mm-hmm. is there now. So, and I used to shop at the Ralphs there, so I was in that neighborhood a lot. And what happened to you with the car slowing down and making a U-turn? Jasper, that's what happened to you in the mugging. And I thought, and both of those incidences were made to cause harm to another person. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that Mm -hmm. to say just how devastatingly sad that is. And everything, see, Erica, you're so pragmatic about what you say. I mean, basically, I mean, you say something and it's like, okay, well, what the fuck more is there else to say? Because it's just true, and you don't pull any, you know, we can't gloss around it anymore. You know, it's just like you guys, yes, I live a blessed and cherished life, thank God, as a black gay man. You know, I have two strikes, 
and I still am able to thrive in society and try to keep the happy face. And the three of mm-hmm. us all spent time with my mother, so we've all done that. We've seen what life can be like and how pleasant, you know, eating out at an actor's taco place and just living mm-hmm. life like there is no prejudice at all. You know, so it can yeah. be done and good things can happen, but it permeates our being. You know, mm-hmm. like if I'm flipping well, pancakes, Rob, and Rob, I, and, I think sometimes, Ralph, you probably have experienced prejudice and you didn't even know it. You know, I'm I, sure I have. I have a feeling yeah, you've had, we've all, we've all had prejudice against us and it wasn't like in our face. You know, it was, it was talked about behind our backs, I'm sure. Right. But, but it had, but that's the whole thing. There used to be a time when it was hidden. Now it's blatant, you know. Right, and the blatancy has been just put on their take their hoods off, and that's exactly and it. That's what makes street. everything so scary. They don't care about that. They there's no longer any passive aggressiveness. They're just aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's fueled. Yeah. It's fueled by our government. That it's okay yeah. to do that, and we've seen yeah. that for these last four years. It's nothing new, but it's just so much more blatant now. You know, think about the times when you used to be able to go, "Oh my God, police officer, officer, could you help me?" Now it's just like, "Oh my God, should I even do that?" You know, like, right. or would I be better off asking the Staples employee to help me? You know, like, what do we do now? Well, so, and you guys you know, both know we're also talking socioeconomic as well. You know, um, you know, Ralph grew up in a, you know, in an in a upper class area in Los Angeles and went to private school and then went to Beverly Hills High. So I doubt, Ralph, you know, your experience would be different than obviously someone living in Compton, you know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in the in the inner city. And then Eric and I being in the South, you know, our experiences are similar, but I'm but also different. But I think a lot of it is socioeconomic as well. Um, Well, I I want to say like when you're like the average person on the street, like if you're just, if a police officer is passing, you know, any of us, depending on what neighborhood, you know, it's socioeconomic, they might profile me more or less based on if I'm walking in Beverly Hills or if I'm walking in Miracle Mile or if I'm walking in Compton or Watts. But when it comes to, hiring practices, when it comes Mm -hmm. to corporate American opportunities, when it comes to getting lending from, um, from financial institutions, then that prejudice and that discrimination supersedes any socioeconomic background because I can be a rich black person, but if you don't like the fact that I'm black, you can deny me alone. And I think Mm. that, I think that the last four years, have not particularly made the racism more blatant, but it's just made us know that it's there when we kind of pretended that the civil rights era kind of took care of everything. And I, mm. I know that people feel more empowered and more emboldened now under the Trump administration to show their true colors because it's more acceptable. And as much as I despise and loathe everything about the Trump administration, I do appreciate that it has brought some really tough, but much-needed yes. conversations to the forefront. Because if it takes a, a, an essential a card-carrying Klansman, which I think cronies are, if it yes. takes these kind of people being in power to make every person, every other person in power, look at how they hire, look at how they promote, look at how they even treat the, the black and brown people in their circles, if it makes you do a double-take and reassess how you act in this society, 
then if for nothing else, I can have that appreciation for this last four years mm-hmm. of hell. Well, and guys, here's the scary thing. Like, but when let's say when Biden wins and the virus is out of the White House and the virus is out of the country, those people are are still going to be here. So what I'm mm-hmm. most amazed at is what what's going to happen to them, right? The the Trump mm. the 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 Trump white supremacist people. I mean, like yesterday, last night, there were armed militia in Louisville. I mean, there mm-hmm. were because it's a, it's a right to carry state and and city. Mm-hmm. So you had men and women with their AK four, you know, their rifles and their machine guns and their pistols, just walking down the streets. And I I get a little concerned that when Trump does lose and refuses to leave, do you guys let yourself go mm-hmm. as far as to think that there will be some sort of civil unrest? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. That's the whole thing. No matter what the outcome is, there's going to be civil unrest. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we've never seen before. In Yeah, I mean, it, every all stops are barred now because let me just bring this back to the pandemic again. It is very sad to me that a potentially fatal, and I say potentially because not everyone dies from COVID, but a virus of this magnitude that is suffocating the entire planet gets obliterated by political news. And Mm -hmm. that's really, really fucked up. Because Mm -hmm. our whole, if, if our, you know, despite the bundledness of the bungledness of the way he dealt with the pandemic in January and February, if everybody had just collectively said, shut the fuck up, don't raise rent, don't evict anybody, everybody just go the fuck on hold. Just do that. Mm-hmm. Just go the fuck mm-hmm. on hold. Let's get rid of this fucking virus, and then we can start right back up hating everybody again. But no, we couldn't <laughs> do all that. No, so no. what mm-hmm. we did was, you know, phase by, you know, you, uh, I don't need to dissertate. The saddest part is when you guys started the show saying, oh, you know, well, we haven't even talked about the pandemic because the president is overshadowing that. And that is really sad that our human yeah. lives are not the priority, whether you're yep. black or white or whatever we are. It's our lives are mm-hmm. at risk. 18,000 inmates have been released. Where did they all the fuck go? I know. They're mm-hmm. going to go everywhere. They're going to go at the, the, the town line from Beverly Hills to Miracle Mile, as well as Compton and Watts, as well as Palm Springs and Coachella, as well mm-hmm. as um, Santa Clarita. You know, where do all, like you were asked to your point, Jasper, where do the white supremacists go when Biden wins? They're going to go the fuck mm-hmm. somewhere. And, well, and wreak more havoc. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing. Is like, I there's going to be so much work to be done. But as we said all along, Ralph and I say every week, it's it's taking a virus in the country to hopefully get the virus out of the White House because mm. it's, you know, I think it's been a wake up call for all of us. And it started with George Floyd. It started with the pandemic. It started with. Everything, but I, it's just almost like every day we wake up now in 2020 going, what the fuck else can happen, right? I mean... It didn't start yeah. with George Floyd. It just was exacerbated. Well, George Floyd no, I'm saying that was, the George Floyd incident happened when we were all on lockdown, so people were forced to see it. See, before, a lot of the other police brutalities, people were not seeing it because they were too busy 
running and doing yeah. their lives. But this time, white people, white people were mm-hmm. sitting at home watching, and they actually, yeah. for the first time, said, "Oh wow, this this really exists." I, I didn't I didn't understand it before. You know, I I only watch Fox News, so I would never see this. So well, and, I think and that's, can I say this yeah. too about George Floyd? Um, it's really scary. I guess I think I may have told you this, um, but I definitely want to make sure that I say this to all the listeners out there. One of my dearest friends who is actually um, from Athens, Jasper, your hometown, um, mm-hmm. who is a, a self-professed bleeding heart liberal, and she is very progressive in her, in her social thought and her ideology. We were having a good heart-to-heart conversation, and this is a white girl, so white girl from the South, progressive. She said to me, Erica, I didn't realize that systemic racism and police brutality against black people was as much of a problem until Trayvon Martin, which was about six years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. So, and we had this conversation this summer. So this girlfriend of mine, who is very well-read, well-traveled, um, progressive, compassionate, empathetic, even with all those qualities, she did not realize how awful and how crucial the plight is of black and brown people as we try to face a justice system that is not built for us. So right. when I think about that, if someone like her doesn't get it, I don't have any hope for people who but, are. But what I take from that, though, is the good news is she got it now. So right. that's the only thing. Like one thing I found really hopeful and and exciting is to see during these riots and pro, let's just say protests, the peaceful protesting, you saw the diversity of, I mean, I'm going to be honest, in a lot of the cities, it was more Caucasian than African-Americans that were actually mm-hmm. protesting. So I, this, I think this is where we're counting on the youth. We're, we're counting on Gen Z or X or Y or whatever they are, the, the, young, the young generation to come out and really, and I think, you know, Biden picking Kamala was a big, a big help in that that respect mm-hmm. i i'm you know i don't i don't care about the debates coming up because i don't think there's a single person on the fence i think B- joe biden could probably black out at the podium and <laughs> i for me i'd i'd vote for him if he vomited i don't care i mean do right. you really think the debates are going to change anyone's mind i i don't yeah, think maybe that he should do that god we voted bozo the clown and maybe he should just faint or slump over the thing or something and go yeah vote for him that'll work <laughs> yeah, but I want I know because Erica has got to Erica's got another big event coming up right after this. But Erica, I wanted to just share a little good news with everyone. Not that we can give away the details, but I wanted to say that you know Erica is my client. I'm her manager. We've been working together for years. But you know Erica has had an unscripted project. She has an unscripted project that's been at a major network. And it's been in development and it's going to continue in development. And now I get to come on board and be a producer with her on that project. Oh, great. I'm so excited. And then we now have two other potential uh, unscripted projects that, that are, have come up and we can, we'll talk more about it when we can. But the good news is that, um, we, we're kind of joining forces and producing together, which is what I love to do with all my clients. But I'm I'm very excited to to do this with Erica because you're so smart and this journey that you've been on this whole last year on this one particular project, 
um, I've gotten to sort of be, you know, on, uh, on the sidelines cheering you on and then kind of yep. figuring out what we could do to make it better, I guess is what we're going to do, right? Right. You you have. You have been not only a manager but a mentor and a friend. And I think the one of the best lessons that I have learned in the past year and, you know, will continue to learn is that it sounds so cliche, but you have to, A, trust yourself, and, B, trust the people around you. Mm. You've got to trust right. the motherfuckers around you. <laughs> because if you don't oh, no, you them, do. That's what makes you so appealing, yeah. Erica. That's why I just I just adore you because – you're beautiful and real and gutsy and earth. You're all the things that you need to be when you need to be, you know, and whether you're showing the world, okay, guys, I'm sweaty and my thighs are bigger than I'd like them to be, or you are oh. felt for did the it, God did Erica, on your did, way ever say, did she ever say that? I did. <laughs> I'm she, kidding. On Insta- I'm kidding. No, yeah. no, I know. Oh, yeah. oh no, oh no, I would never just no, no, make up something. I, I, I already got in trouble Ralph. for talking about the fried food. That's because I, I was trying, to, I was trying to make Ralph feel like, oh shit, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, because Erica is so funny. Like Erica, I love can you. Yeah, imagine that, talking. Can you imagine if Erica's like, oh, I've never said that, Ralph. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I never said that. What are you talking about? But Erica, it was so great when you were sitting on your couch with your tiny little waist and you were like, child, y'all, this is what I did when I was in Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And then I just, the first thing I thought of is what I wrote you. And when you wrote back and said, oh, my God, you're hilarious, I was, I said, I know, we just get each other. It was just hilarious to me. That just made me fucking laugh. Well, mm. I think, but, I think what, I think what Erica is seeing that we all see in this business is like, it's, you don't realize that when you're on the journey, sometimes like you're, you're, you're succeeding, even though things may not look like that. Right. Like this whole whole last year was like a masterclass in, in producing for you. And so the fact that now we get to continue on with the same project is such a, a blessing because oftentimes projects, stop and they're not allowed to go forward you know what i mean like you you right. don't retain you don't retain ownership and stuff like that so but anyway that's there's a lot of stuff we can talk about more as the things go along but i just want everyone to know that you can follow erica of course on twitter at erica <clears throat> excuse me uh capital e erica capital r renee capital d and instagram is yep. erica renee d and they can yep. also Check out your incredible website, which is so yes. well done, by the way. EricaReneeDavis.com is my website. You did a great job of um, promote, promoting my, my Insta, my, my Twitter. So, yep, you got that right. Erica Renee D, Twitter, Instagram, EricaReneeDavis.com for my website. And then my platform, my series, Big Dog, Little Dog, where I interview notable people from the world of entertainment, from sports and from news, and we go on our crazy journeys of failures and of success. And we're on a little pause for the month of September, but we're jumping right back in in October. So you can follow that on YouTube, guys. Yeah, everyone check out the interviews. Erica's done some amazing interviews already, and it's it's so great. You've been so busy, and also being on Revote TV, and you're now – working on the um, Jason Carter show. This is, I think you've done two episodes of him on the, the HAPS yep. app. Yeah. The HAPS app. The HAPS app is a new app that was created by former um, producers from notable networks. Um, and they now are 
joining their forces to create a more real-time news source that is crowdsourced and that doesn't feel doesn't have the same tone of mainstream journalism. So HAPS is the app. Check it out. Yeah, and you've been so busy on all these shows. And so, listen, again, there's never enough time, but we're going to have you back. We're going to do a much more longer extended Breaking the News next month because that's going to be right before the election. So, I mean, God, we'll be, just, let's talk about how much will have happened between now and in four weeks when we get back together for our next episode. We'll be laughing going, oh, my God, I can't believe it. So, But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, break a leg tonight on this next event that you're going to. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph, and thank you, Jasper, for having me. Erica, and you we- are more than welcome, darling. See you soon. Lot, much mm-hmm. love. Take soon. care. <laughs> that is Renerica Renee, Erica Renee Davis, everyone. Check her out. You can Google her. She's amazing. So, Ralph, once again, I'm sorry for some of the earlier techno, technical difficulties in the beginning I with just a little bit with Erica, but otherwise it's been a great show. Oh, absolutely. No, no, these things happen. But, yeah, and we still produced another great episode, so all is good. And I, I just want to check in and make sure, because all the viewers, uh, viewers, the listeners always want to know how Rose is doing, how you're doing, everything's good in oh, Windsor Hill. Oh, thank Hills. you. Yes, we are we are fine, so I am grateful for that. And, of course, Ralph is at, at Ralph Cole Jr. on all the platforms. And, um, you know, and again, Ralph and I have a project that's moving along. We're going to get an announcement in December from one of the networks about a project that Ralph and I are uh, acting in together, which I'm so excited. Because other than doing the show, we haven't actually, you know, acted in a scripted um show yet so that's going to be exactly amazing yeah. so so excited yeah. but well listen give rose a big hug stay safe stay well thank you thank as you, always Jeff. for being a part of the show and um everyone we will be back next week uh we're going to have brian dunkelman originally from the uh, very first season of american idol he's also an amazing stand-up comedian and oh, sitcom actor and we're going to talk about his journey in the last 20 something years from American Idol till now. So everyone's got a journey, but stay safe, everyone. Peace out, and we will see you all soon. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.